Yay! You made it to another episode of the Weekend Hustle podcast. My name is Shelby Oleschlager, and I'll be your host as we dive into barrel racers, athletes, and just people of the world to share, motivate, and inspire us all to be the best that we can be. Together, we can hustle. What was the one common theme that you noticed the top riders do that maybe other people aren't? They are allowing their horse to work. They mm. aren't grabbing at their face and they're getting them to their spot without interfering with the horse working. Yeah. So we're just watching some Jolie Montgomery video because she's a phenomenal rider. And I was just showing my mom, Deb's here, that's who was just talking, uh, just how her body positioning and how important it is to almost let your horse go to the spot and how we have to start letting our horses kind of take the accountability because they know their legs better than we do. We They know how to turn a barrel because we've trained them to. So it kind of saying that once you're at a competition, you really have to let that control go, would you say? Absolutely. That's what I... I really notice is it's it seems like it's a hard thing for trainers sometimes to take their training aspect as opposed to their running aspect when you are running your horse you need to hope that your training is working and let them do their job leave their face alone and just let them mm -hmm. go to work get them to their spot and hope that all the training that you've put in is paying off because like you said they know where they know better than you know how to place their feet so the second you pull them one way or another you are taking them off their pattern yeah and i was even saying a step further to just learn yourself i ride in split reins a lot because i find if i have really short reins or my gaming reins i start getting too handsy and if i make a small move it's really amplified with shorter reins so I was noticing during the slot race yesterday uh, at the BFA, a lot of those guys have really long reins and they're keeping their hands apart and they're really trying to be super free and just, you can just tell that they're doing their job and their horses are doing their job. And those are the ones that really shut the clock off. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does this relate with you and Jagger? Um... I'm not a horse trainer. Yeah, but you're so that a probably is a benefit to me because I go out and jockey. Uh, I when I do a run with him, well, when I do a run with him, I try really hard to stay off of his face. I use a very light bit, and the reason I do that is because I don't want to interfere with him doing his job. And I always conscientiously think about before I go out and do my run to be very light on him because he knows. He knows what to do as long as I drive him to his spots. Mm -hmm. He, I know that he's going to take care of the rest. I have to guide him, but I never pull on his face. Mm -hmm. And I feel that gives him the confidence that he needs. And like I had said, if you were doing a race, an obstacle race, and somebody had a lead around your neck or your arm and you're racing you would lose your confidence if you knew somebody was always going to be pulling on you left or right. You would probably start shutting down a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really good point. Just the confidence aspect of if like you're running straight and a horse has a bit in smell, if you relate that to you, if you're running and your arm is part of your balance, just as a horse's neck and head is a huge component to their balance, especially to do a turn going as fast as they can they need all the balance they can get so if you relate it to yourself 
I like that analogy because it is like that's everything. If you're running and all of a sudden someone pulls on you, you're always one, you're going to be second guessing when that might happen. When am I going to get thrown off balance? And then you said shutting down almost before the barrel. They might be anticipating the barrel. You think my horse anticipates the barrel. Maybe they're just anticipating getting thrown off balance or anticipating like not getting all the way up there because they know once they get up there that they're going to get thrown off balance and then they're not being really honest and taking that accountability for their job. When I was watching some of the slow motion videos of the BFA, I really noticed on the backside of the barrels, horses that didn't shut the clock off, the rider was kind of pulling them and their back end flew out because they they were interfering. Not to say that you you do have to interfere when they're not doing their job right. But when you go out to do a run, you really have to trust your training mm-hmm. or trust tr- trust your horse, trust that they know better than you know how to get around that barrel. You've been teaching them for so long. They know, they have to know. Mm-hmm. And coming from you too, that's really important because I think you and your horse have a relationship that a lot of people look up to like you have such a good working relationship with your horse and I think it comes down to what you just said about having trust in him and he's having trust in you and I think without you giving him that chance he's never he's never gonna have that full trust in his job either because it's always kind of that second guessing what's gonna happen where as the rider you have to be that person to say I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna do your job And that's how after years and years of riding your horse that you have such a good relationship that you're so consistent because of that foundation. It's not that you're not using your reins at all. You are using them, but you're asking, you're not forcing. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing a run, I'm guiding him and I can get him to certain spots and he responds, but Mm -hmm. you don't need to be harsh on their face because they feel a fly on them they definitely feel if you lift up or pull they feel it and they know even just using your body Mm -hmm. makes such a difference because you're not taking them off balance as much as if you grab their face Mm -hmm. and you're all the as soon as you touch their face you are taking time off your run Mm -hmm. yep I definitely think body first, hand second. Like if we can control their body shape with our body first and then use our hands as like another aid in training. But definitely I think watching those top trainers, they're hardly using their hands in a run. And it is, it looks effortless because you don't see what's going on with their body cues. And that really is the difference between a 15-3 and a... (laughs) 16-3 like that run last night was just absolutely phenomenal yeah it was really awesome yeah so basically just I think like I'm gonna go back to Jolie Montgomery watching her runs because I really noticed just how loose she is like her head almost bobs when she goes up to like going down this chute and I'm like she just is fully letting the horse go where it needs to go and she's guiding it there but she's not bracing she's not tense she just is so go with the flow and I I think for myself I need to be more like that because I get you get tense and anxious and micromanage where if you just kind of like roll the shoulders loosen up like wiggle it out and then go do your run I think she definitely has that mastered definitely what you said micromanage we have to stop micromanaging them Mm -hmm. they're a big animal 
we have to put some faith and trust in them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things we learned from watching the BFA. <laughs> well, thanks, Mom. You're welcome. <laughs> That's good. Well, what did you think of our little conversation this morning? This was started from watching the BFA. We watched the Super Stakes last night, which was awesome. I just find it so fascinating how much you can learn even from watching pros run really fast. Definitely take advantage of the opportunity to watch as much videos as you can and pick apart the good and the bad, what worked well or something went bad. Try and dissect what went wrong. And I think we can learn so much just from observing and watching videos of the good and the bad. So hopefully we can make the right mistakes and we can avoid the wrong mistakes because there is such thing in barrel racing. It's always really fun to be able to chat about this sort of stuff with you guys, and I hope you find value in it. I wonder if we should do this again, because me and my mom, you know, she has a phenomenal 1D horse. I featured it, and we have a very, I enjoy our riding relationship. We're pretty diehard, so it's always fun to bounce ideas off each other. So what do you think? Should we do this again? Did you enjoy it? I wanted to get her on the podcast for real, for real. But this morning, you know, I we were talking about all this stuff. I'm like, we are going to sit down right now and just chat and I'm going to record it and it's going to be what it's going to be. So if you like this and you want more, let me know. Tell me on Instagram, on Facebook, send a message to Weekend Hustle. I want to hear if you have anything that you'd like to add about this. Please, let's get the conversation started. I'm excited to continue watching the BFA this week and uh, cheer on our Canadian friends as well as our friends in the U.S. And it's just so good. I just love when all these amazing riders are together on amazing horses and we're all here for the same mission. We're here to create good horses. So let's do it together because you know what they say. Together, we can hustle. Bye for now.